Hello and welcome to Message Received. Audience have brought you this special podcast series to fulfil your needs to learn about internal communication, leadership communication, resiliency, productivity, work-life integration and how to get the most out of your organisation. We really hope you love listening to this series as much as we loved recording it. Thank you so much for subscribing. We are really excited to bring you this multi-channel approach to communication. Welcome to Message Received. I'm your host, Tim Ferguson. Really looking forward to the upcoming conversation that you're going to listen in on uh, from our very own Natalie. And I'll let Natalie introduce herself in a moment. I'll I'll set up the topic. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about work-life balance, or maybe a better way to put it, as Natalie will put it, I think, work-life integration. And this is one of these topics that I think of as evergreen in the sense that they're they're forever relevant in the business world when i joined it 20 years ago it was a huge topic and it has remained a huge topic ever since and then in covid 19 experience it's only gotten that much more sort of important and i think that taking it's about taking control of your life somehow and who thinks that's easy i mean i don't think that's easy uh, I, I wish it was. So with no further ado, I'd like to introduce and welcome, well, I'd like to welcome Natalie to the show. And Natalie, could you introduce yourself to, to our listeners? Sure. Thanks, Tim. I'm very happy to be here today with you. Um, so my name is Natalie Afrid. I'm um, account manager um, in the audience uh, office in Basel. And I joined the team a year ago, exactly this month. Um, and I'm, yeah, very happy to to be uh, to be on your side today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for taking the time. And it is all about time, isn't it? It's about where we spend our time and how we spend our time. So let's let's start with that in terms of the problem. Like, how would you define the challenge? Like, what what is why is this even an issue? Why are we talking about this? What is it about work life balance or work life integ- in, integration? How would you define the the challenges there that you have faced? So I guess as a as a an account manager or a woman who has a career, you're looking into um, trying to um, let's say f- fit all the the activities um, all together, uh, and you're kind of trying to to please everyone and, and make it all. Um, so it's sometimes becoming a challenge with, you know, a busy schedule, a busy schedule at home, uh, at work with the kids, etc. So it, it's it's having this sensation to trying to do it all. Um, and where I, I guess where I prefer to say life bal- um, work and life balance integration is that when you think about the balance is that you have to prioritize one or the other. So when you prioritize work, you, it means that you need to to take less time with your kids or your family or your personal life. Whereas when you're talking about, I guess, integration, it's really how to make those things work together. So even if you have to spend um, time, um, I don't know, for like a client or working on a pitch or working um, on a specific project, you need to find the right way to also do your the other tasks. Um, so I'd prefer the term integration. And as you mentioned in the introduction, during this COVID-19, we had to 
embrace this notion. We were kind of forced to embrace it because when working from home, having kids at home, doing homeschooling, doing work at the same time is like, it's a total, it's a total, it was at the start, to be honest, it was a total mess. <laughs> but you, I guess you have to, you have to, to think it through it the way it works for you. I don't think there is a pattern that everyone can, you know, replicate, but it's really how you can make it work for yourself and your family and, and your, your own environment, in fact. Well, I, I personally found it quite enjoyable meeting your children in the early days <laughs> in all these meetings where they'd be crawling on your lap and you're trying to work. And, you know, it, my my kids are teenagers now, so we had a different type of challenge around COVID-19, but it was, certainly wasn't them wanting to sit on my lap during, mm. <laughs> during but, conference calls. But I think what it brought is also like a more human touch to everything, yeah. right? So my kids, I, they knew when it was like a client call or an internal call. So internal call, I would let them in and everyone was open, you know, to that to, to that interaction with the rest of the family. When it was client call, I would be like, you know, please don't come. But if, if they do, it's, it, I guess it's okay. And we've, I guess there was a shift into that um, relationship we had. And it's much more, even if we're not able to meet face to face, there is this other dimension that was not there before where you could see someone at someone's house, someone's, you know, spouse or children and everything. And it, it, it's adding something that we potentially didn't have before. Yeah. And it's a little bit of a shift in expectations and what what do we think is appropriate or, or not appropriate? Mm. And it make, makes me think if, in your first answer, you said that one of the challenges that you're trying to please others and mm -hmm. trying to do it all mm -hmm. and i wonder about that so do we set is part of the issue that we set unreal expectations for ourselves that we are supposed to be serving other people helping other people that that it's an un it's almost like there's an an unending demand on our time to help others is is that part of the root cause that if we saw our relationships differently or you know do we need to please everyone and exactly. do we and and do we even know what pleasing them really mm -hmm. even looks like mm -hmm. like have we asked do we understand the expectations what are your what are your thoughts about that i think on at least on my side it's it's clearly that like the the root root cause analysis would bring that to the to the to the topic like i'm trying to um, and it's also related to the notion of control you mentioned before. You want to control everything. You want to, you know, please everyone. And it's it's not even something you realize until you think about it. And when you think about it, you're like, oh, but do I really need to please everyone? What you know, what I'm, what is the thing that makes me as a person happy? Whereas looking at what the other people would think. And I think the 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 different um, training, the leadership coaching that we did internally, really helped me open my eyes and 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 realize that I can make um, like it's my job to make people happy and to meet expectation from an account management perspective, but I really also need to think what makes me, you know, happy, and. There is a bit of a gap there um, that is um, that I'm trying to fill at the moment. 
Yeah, I've discovered that a lot of a lot of what I need to do too, because I, I I break my life down into five categories. I'm I'm a husband, I'm a father, mm-hmm. I'm a CEO, mm-hmm. I'm a coach, and I'm a line manager. And those are sort of the five areas that I think are my priority roles in life. And they all involve helping other people. And I realized that a lot of what and I would tie myself in knots about not about not doing a good enough job in those areas. And I realized that one of the one of the common threads that all five roles call for is just listening, is listening and being there and being empathetic. And I kind of went from feeling like, oh, I have to I have to help. I have to add value. I, ha- I have to you know provide. I have to deliver. And then I'm like, well, maybe I just more like need to be present and listen and be open and, you know, I'm not getting top marks in any of those categories. I'm not, su- I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. But, um, but I do feel that it's, so it's not lowering your expectations of how you need to help others. But it's sort of um, being more realistic about what the real needs are. What really makes people value you. Mm. And uh, not, not just thinking about deliverables. Something like that. Yeah. And I want to jump back on this presence notion that you mentioned. Um, as you know, and thanks to you, I'm doing uh, much more meditation than I used to do before. Uh, so as part of the uh, February breaking habits rule, I created a new rule. Not, I, I didn't broke one, but I created one which um, I was about trying to meditate much more. So I downloaded the 10% app. Yeah. Um, and I can say that I kneel, I'm meditating nearly every day, even if it's five, three, five, ten minutes. Um, and I realized this morning when coming to the office that my pattern of meditation is different when I'm coming to the office or, not, or when I'm working from home. Because when I'm coming to the office, I take the tr- uh, tram ride to meditate. Whereas when I'm home, it's uh, more in the evening when the kids are in bed and I have them like, you know, calm down from the day and and get it get ready to not to go to bed, but at least like clear my mind. And and what I think what meditation told me a lot is about this presence. So trying to really um, be present where your feet are. So whenever you are in a room with a client, try as much as you can to be in the room, well, virtual room now, <laughs> of course, but um, really trying to be present and, and stop the, all the thoughts that, oh, I have to do that later. And of course, we all have to-do lists and, and tons of things to achieve during a day or a week or a year. But if you give the, the quality of your presence to an audience, it's, it's you really with them. And, in, and I think it can really um, improve the relationship. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to. I, I think that. that's just beautifully said, and that phrase, the quality of your presence. So, how, what is the quality of your listening? What is the quality of your focus? What is the quality of your empathy and your attention? I think quality of your presence is just a lovely way to to wrap all of that up. And then I'll, I'll just quickly uh, say a couple more things about. You mentioned the ten percent happier app. Yes. And the the um, when you're talking about being present, 
So Dan Harris, the host, who I absolutely love this guy. He, he's great. He, he, he is he's great. And he is the last person on this planet that you would think would become interested in meditation and Buddhism and mindfulness. And Correct. Because he's such an A-type personality, New Yorker, ABC uh, broadcast television host, right? Like he, he anyway, he says, um, you have the, your mind can be in the present, the past or the future. And if it's in the, if it's in the past, you have, you're susceptible to depression. Mm -hmm. And if it's in the future, you're susceptible to anxiety. And mm -hmm. that's, that's a researched, like, that's a fact. That's not just an idea. And that the more time you spend in the present, it's it's just good for your mental health. It's almost like um, it, it's it's like an exercise for your mind. It's or or rest for your mind. It's it's doing your mind good mm -hmm. just by focusing on the on the the moment that you're in. And then what you're doing is you're adding adding being focused on the other person to that. And uh, anyway, I just love the way you you talked about the quality of our presence. Mm. So that that's that's a great transition, I think, to say we've defined the problem. Let's move now to to solutions. So if you had to give people a flavor of the types of things that you've been doing or the maybe even not the tactics, but from a strategic point of view, what what are your guiding thoughts, guiding principles on how to improve your work life integration? What's the essence of your solutions um so i think what i've been doing this year much more than um i've been doing in the past is creating habits so making sure that um i have kind of anchor points during the day um that will help me kind of stay on my track if i can say um as, as you know i had a challenging year you know, personally and and I guess professionally as well with, you know, working from home, COVID situation, et cetera. And I really, I realized that by sticking to those habits, um, I, I feel better, like personally and, and, and more more engaged. And I had this, um, this kind of discovery uh, a couple of weeks back that, um, I, I knew that this year would, would be challenging for me and that like mentally it would be challenging. So I've kind of balanced it and I try to be physically um, in a better place than mentally to kind of balance those. Whereas in the past I was more mentally, let's say strong and would kind of not looking at this, um, at this the, the, the physical part of it, the health part. Um, so, I think this is the, the habits, building habits really helped me this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's an, and it's, I guess it's another way of looking at balance is not balance of your time, but balance of your actions. Like, yeah. And your like, let's say body, mind, spirit. Mm -hmm. Hey, have <laughs> I done something for my body today? Have I done something for my mind today? Have I done something mm -hmm. for my spirit today? Like, am I, am I, so it sounds like you were, over indexing on mental previously and under indexing on physical mm -hmm. and you realize okay and i love i love your can you say more about anchor points i love that that phrase what what's the essence of an anchor point what what do i need to have one so 
It, I think it's it's going back what I was mentioning before. You know, when I'm coming to the office, I know that when I'm in my the tram ride, I'm gonna have my um, my meditation. So I'm looking forward to that moment, and I know that this is kind of time good spent. You know, traveling, commuting is is not like super exciting or interesting, except if you're going through the, a very nice forest or something. But I know that this is my me time, and that I can really you know take that time for me and and to do the, the meditation so even if it's short um i really enjoy it i love that example it's such a great example and it, it's almost like it makes me think of people who see so some people look at a pile of waste and just think oh look at that stinking garbage that's just a pile of waste someone else looks at it and says oh there's fuel there's free energy mm -hmm. i'm gonna do something with that mm -hmm. and that's what you've done with your commute because a commute can be aggravating, frustrating, boring. You've exactly. turned it. You've turned it into uh, me time and and meditation time. It's amazing. And so it, I think it, in philosophy we talk about presence and absence, and the idea that the the presence of something is the absence of an infinite number of other things, and and vice versa. So the presence of meditating on the tram is the absence of being stressed out or bored on the tram. So it's actually, in a sense, it's like a double improvement. Mm -hmm. It's the absence of boredom or frustration or stress, and it's the presence of, you know, yeah. wholesome, mindful thinking. So it's, a, it's just such a great technique. And, and what I do also, um, so before do, going on, commuting on the tram, I have a, a 40 minutes of car. So this is where I'm doing my podcasting, so listening to all the podcasts. So I would select one before leaving, and this okay. This will be this will be this one for today. And I'm trying to find um, a podcast that is the length of the you know the duration of my my travel, so that when I'm done, I'm <laughs> moving to the parking slot, going on the tram, and doing the meditation. So it's like it's yeah, it's 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 the, those moments that are. It, it's not like if I can if I don't do one one day, it's not a big deal. But I like the sequence of things, and it makes me feel good. And the and the feeling of completion. You pull into the parking exactly. lot. You've learned something. Just out of curiosity, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Um, so most of them were recommended by you, team. <laughs> so uh, leading from the heart mm. uh, is great. Um, I um, I've discovered one recently that I really like too. It's um, hurry slowly. So how to pace yourself into this crazy world that we're living in. I really like it too. And the others are really um, kind of motivational speaker that are, um, you know, addressing specifically lately the, the COVID situation and how to stay mentally, physically, you know, positive and, and trying to move forward, even if the situation is very difficult. Um, so it's, it's they're, I guess they're sharing tips and tricks and example of things that all of us can do even you know at our own level and to to feel better and i guess it's also <clears throat> sorry going back to you know what works for us as individuals something that works for me would potentially not work for you i think i found the tools i have my my own toolkit if if you wish and i know that this is these are the tools that are making sense and helping me but it won't be the same for someone else so, um, Agreed. But staying with the essence, though, like what's striking me is you have you're spending time on this. This takes preparation. 
you know, you have your podcast 40, your 41 minute podcast <laughs> all lined up and ready to hit, hit, you know, on the, and you also must be organizing your time so that you're not worrying about emails on the tram would be an example. So if someone says, well, Natalie, this sounds fine for you, but I'm too busy. I don't have the time for mm -hmm. these kinds of things. What would you say to such a person or how would you help them? Um, I guess there's, if we're talking about, uh, for example, podcasts or even meditation, there's so many actions that we're doing automatically during the day that you could totally add a two-minute meditation, two meditation. So, for example, you, you're brushing your teeth every day, right? Normally two times or three times a day, depending on, depending. Um, but you could totally take those two minutes and add a, a podcast or a meditation while doing it. So I would really recommend someone saying, I don't have time to either find a find the right slot in the in the day where they're doing something repetitive and automatic and add um, one of those tools, or just realize that when you say you don't have the time, is that because you don't prioritize your time uh, and maybe arrange your schedule so that you have and I, I hope people have at least, I don't know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes or an hour, you know, by themselves instead of, you know. Instagram is taking tons of time, Facebook, Netflix, those are very nice things. But if you want to focus on something, you need to, you know, you need to give time. So well, I would get. That's right. I, I read a lot. I, I read a lot of books and people are always like, how do you have time to read books? And I say, well, I don't. I make the time. Do, I, well, I do virtually no Netflix and I do zero Facebook and I do zero Instagram. And mm -hmm. I, you know, so where do you spend your time? I guess it, it is a question. It is a question of priorities. So I think that what I'm hearing is it's our if we want to improve our work life integration, we can do it, but we need to make it work for us. We need to have some planning and just a little bit of discipline. But the payoff is so strong that it quickly goes from feeling like a burden to feeling like an essential, like you say, you look forward to your commute, mm -hmm. right? So exactly. anyone, lis every, anyone listening who hates their commute, uh. it, can, it can be done, Natalie has done it, you can do it too. So Nat, I would love to take this down one more level into some specifics. And you can, you can talk about your own life or you can talk about others. I know you listen to a lot of thinkers on these topics and so you could give, like you say, what works for you might not work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. what, what I'm looking for here is to paint a picture for people who are trying to improve their work-life integration. Like, what does it look like concretely? Like, what does a day look like? What does a week look like? What does a, a, a you know, are there things that you're doing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly? Like, how, how paint the picture of, of what it looks like once you've really made some progress in this area in a, in a tangible way. I would love to talk to you about uh, yearly plans, but I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> I'm more on a weekly or a monthly uh, basis. Um, on my side, what I've um, what I realized worked well is to be uh, to get to be organized and and have things planned. So, for example, on Sundays. I would look at my agenda, both from work and personally, um, and just align with my husband on, you know, what are the, the the key meetings or the key things coming up for this week so that we are both aligned. We have an open communication channel and we both know what are each other priority. So that that was 
very helpful so far. And it's I've done it not for that long time, but it, it really helped. So we we have a kind of a, a an agenda at home where we will put you know either the meetings or you know going to the to the 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 doctor with the dog or you know like the the kid the kids doctor appointment or the ophthalmologist like all those things that you have to do um, and then we'll just look at who has time and who can you know fit those in um, depending on on our schedule. That is impressive. That's because uh, that that's not only doing that on your own. That's doing it with your partner. And uh, for yeah, that's that's amazing. And do you do you how long does it take? What's such a discussion? How, how long on Sunday are you spending on this? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Is it, it's well, if you know it? if you know mm. what your week is going to look like, um, I think it can be done quickly. And you know, with with on my side, for example, there are days I'm coming to battle. There are days I'm working from home. So I, I'm just going to update him as well. So those are the day I'm here because he's he's at home at the moment. He's taking care of the kids. So. He also needs to kind of put his head around his schedule because you could think that working, like being at home and taking care of the kids is is a cool job, but honestly, it's super, <laughs> it's, no, I won't, I don't want to say stress, but it, he's busy. He's really busy between the schedule, the lunchtime, the everything. So it, it's also knowing when I'm working from home, when I'm in Basel, you know, we, we just get aligned. And I think it's really important as a, as a couple to be, to be aligned. Yeah, on, on the planning uh, and potentially a lot of other stuff as well. <laughs> absolutely, that's a, that's a great one. Um, one of the gurus in this area is Tim Ferriss, and mm -hmm. he talks about the importance of your morning. He says, you know, if you win your if you win your morning, mm -hmm. you win your day. Exactly. What what does what does the first hour or ninety minutes of your day look like? This is a classic Tim Ferriss question, by the way. So Tim Ferriss, if you're listening, which I hope you are. <laughs> Uh, thank you for. I mean, it's just it's just such a and it's changed my life. But what what is what's your morning look like? So that's a, an interesting question. Um, I would say that uh, during uh, lockdown, uh, when I was working every day from home, um, I had a, a very um, a very nice routine that I don't have now. <laughs> that time that the kids are back to school and that um, I'm working back in the office. Um, so at the moment, um, I'm sorry to say I don't have a very nice routine. I'm like waking up 10 minutes before the kids, having a shower and then preparing them. Um, but usually if I had more time, um, I would uh, wake up an hour, hour earlier and uh, either do podcasting, reading or some, you know, um, training, online training. I've, I've registered to an online training regarding um leadership for example so i would just just do, go and, and do 30 minutes 40 minutes of that um so, before so something, everyone something for yourself not exactly right because what i used to do is i would get up early to try to get ahead of the work day so i would get up early and i would go into my email i would go mm -hmm. into my calendar i would i would be getting work done and what i really learned was this idea of priming and that you what you do in the first 60 to 90 minutes of the day it primes it's almost like it primes your self identity for the day exactly. it kind of it kind of tells you who you are <clears throat> and i've switched that all with meditation journal writing and i i read a little bit of uh, philosophy every morning stoicism one one short passage it takes 
maybe 10 minutes total. So it's like the first things that hit my brain are ancient wisdom, reflection time, you know. And so it, what it, it tells me about myself is it says, well, you're a centered, philosophically minded, s- strategic thinker. And then, and then when I do open my email, I'm opening my email in that frame of mind. And it, cause I used to, I used to, my self identity used to be, I'm a frantic, working like a lunatic, go, 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 trying to get ahead person. And it, it caused a lot of stress, you know? I guess it's it's kind of preparing you for your day ahead and setting you in the right mindset, because if you if you've taken some time for you, you kind of you know it's it's food for thoughts and you, your brain is gonna wake up and kind of think about all those you know reflect on all the things you've uh, you've written or uh, that you've um, you've you've gone through and and then it gives you another kind of point of view on your day ahead, right? Exactly. So if you've just read from Marcus Aurelius that it's a waste of time to get angry about things outside of your control, let's say. Mm -hmm. So you've just read this ancient wisdom from the former emperor of Rome who was no slouch, right? Like this, you you know, he had a pretty busy job being emperor of Rome. And you, you kind of reflect on that. Then you get an email. You so now you're going to go to work, and now the first email is about something out of your control that what would have otherwise set my amygdala off. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what would Marcus Aurelius do right now? Well, he'd probably take a deep breath and just say, "This is, you know, you can address the issue, but there's absolutely zero help in getting upset about it." Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I'm some perfect uh, example of like Yoda or something, mm-hmm. but it. But I do feel so much better than, let's say, two years ago before I started mm. doing this. And, and I think with all the things we're reading, listening, there are things that are resonating more with us. You know, it's, it's also like a personal touch, right? And I, I just finished a book uh, which which title is Everything is Figureoutable. Sorry, I'm, I really have difficulty pronouncing it. Um, but I've kind of tried to adopt this mindset for I guess two to three weeks now and every time a problem is coming or something that is difficult I would say okay I can figure this out so what what is the plan so you know if it's like a big problem you know chunking into pieces and find solution for each of those pieces but I guess everything like what we are bringing to our mind and our soul while doing podcasting reading etc is is really is supposed really to help us on a daily basis and this is why everyone should do it, basically. <laughs> so, Natalie, anyone still listening to us, and I hope there's many people still listening to us. I'm sure <laughs> there so. are. The reason that they're list, the reason that they've kept listening, is they're wanting to improve their work-life integration. And I think you and I, because we're very, we have a lot of the same interests. It might sound like we're saying. You have to take up meditation and listen to these podcasts and do the types of things that that we have been doing. If you if you needed to think about someone for whom those are not natural interests, they're like, there's no way I'm ever going to meditate. I don't have time to listen to podcasts or, or I don't I don't enjoy listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Let's say if you had to give them advice on what to do to get started someone very different from yourself, what, what would that advice be? Um, 
I guess I would ask them to to really identify what are the you know areas of like yeah activities or things they would they would like to spend more time doing. Um, I don't know for some people it would be being in the nature uh, or um, listening to some um, classical music, for example. And I would encourage them to at least try to do this, like try to do the things they love for at least five minutes a day. So that it gives them this kind of breathing time in their crazy schedule to, to, you know, to do something they like. So when I guess whenever you're integrating an activity, a task that you love, even if you're a busy schedule, you will look forward to that and it will make your life and your day easy, I guess. I love that. Um, there's uh, a guy called Cal Newport, who is a MIT professor who writes, he's got a book called Deep Work. And he talks, I think he calls it a high core. What he would add to that, find something that you enjoy that is analog, no screens involved, no no internet involved. And he, I think he calls it a high quality analog experience. Mm -hmm. So you need to find, so whether it's walking in the park or collecting stamps or mm -hmm. writing or riding your bike. And I think I love the way you said that even five minutes a day to start mm -hmm. like five quality, five quality minutes mm -hmm. on, focused on something that you, you just love. That, that's a great one. And anything else? So, so let's say I get that down. I say, okay, I understand. I, I have to, prioritize things I really I really love doing and I want to get back to doing or want to try maybe try mm -hmm. for the first time what what else could I do to, to to take this path that you have taken um maybe kind of set long like long term or longer term objectives saying you know by the end of the year I would like to I don't know learn Spanish or you know be able to talk Spanish so what does that mean on a daily or weekly or monthly basis so if you have, I guess, I guess long-term objectives, trying to um, make realistic uh, milestones, um, and and not take it as a as a big piece, like learning Spanish is like a big piece, right? But you can first learn the vocabulary, then you can have a, a teacher, for example, and then you have can have discussion with some of your colleagues, for example. So it's it's trying to to divide a big piece of work or uh, a dream or an action into smaller ones so that you have you can see progress as well during the year or during the period you want to i, I think that's so important i think it's, it's why a lot of the new year's resolutions fail is they're too big they're too big and they don't have those incremental the incremental improvements uh step by step that's yeah, awesome do you you want to know about my you know my um, my challenge for 2020? No. Um, I decided to had a, a dry 2020 instead oh, of the right. dry January. Yeah. So um, just a quick update. I'm still on my dry 2020. Um, it's been nine months, <laughs> and uh, it's not easy to be honest, um, especially on you know dinners with friends and like on the social social activities. Let's say. Um, but I feel pretty good about it, and I'm considering doing 2021 too. So, what's the what are the main benefits? Um, I guess from a health perspective, um, I've kind of meeting my objective for losing weight and feeling better in myself, in my body, and um, and also I don't think it was uh, not a 
not a bad thing for me, but um, I needed like clarity in my mind this year yeah. um, to overcome the different challenges and uh, it wouldn't have helped me, I guess. So it was really about me setting and it's it's difficult. Um, it's like strong, like, you know, it's a strong challenge. It's a difficult challenge, but um, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself. So I, I like this feeling, too. Well, you should be you should be really proud of yourself. And I think that, you know, all of us have these things we know we should do differently. And there's about a million reasons to put them off. But when you when you tackle them, uh, it just yeah. And, and you feel the benefit. That's that's the other thing. Dan, Dan Harris, Dan Harris says, you know, you may start meditating because you understand the brain science behind it and the, that you know that it's good for your amygdala to, to but you will not continue meditating for those reasons you will continue meditating because it makes you feel much better and it's almost like the you know the proof is in the pudding uh so you you clearly feel that these nine months that's been a, such a benefit that you may you may take on another year so mm. you you don't need any uh, no further justification required right if it makes us if it makes us feel that much makes us feel that good we should keep doing it sure and it's like exercising right on a daily basis i started when we did the um you remember the, the take 19 you know do something during 19 minutes of your day and i started with yeah let's work out for 90 minutes every day and i'm still doing it and now my husband is doing it with me so we're like super healthy partner now <laughs> You so I'm getting you know you talk you talk about your week ahead on Sundays you're exercising together you it's a, that's really that's impressive you and your husband get like an A plus for trying to improve Tim trying to improve <laughs> yeah yeah really great so Natalie listen thank you so much for taking the time I think I think everyone who's listened to this has learned a lot we you've inspired us you've given us very concrete examples of ways that we can improve. You've, you've shared a lot about yourself, so you've been very vulnerable and, and authentic and open, which is just perfect. And I appreciate you being on the program so, so much. And we're going to talk again. And the next time that we talk, we're going to talk about managing client expectations in a virtual world. Yes. So everyone, you can look forward to that uh, next conversation with Natalie Afrid, our champion in <laughs> these topics. So thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks, we'll Tim. see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast, Message Received. Don't forget to subscribe to our series and keep a lookout for the next episode. Thank you.